Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I have a juicy topic for you today, love, sex, and relationships. Who isn't interested in all that stuff, right? What inspired this Coach's Corner, where you have me answering questions, is on 11-11, which was a very potent day. And P.S., if you're feeling a little tired this week, that's normal. The energy is even more intense. I feel like I've been saying that the whole year. The energy is intense. The energy is intense. <laughs> uh, but after that huge portal of that 11-11-2020 energy, uh, you might be feeling a little tired. And if you missed my Instagram post, I talked a little bit more about what 11-11 was all about. So you can go check it out there. But on that day, Steph and I hosted a live group coaching call on love, sex, and relationships. And we had so many people on the call and so many questions. I didn't get to all of them. So thank you, everyone who was on the call. We're going to be doing another call in December since it was such a popular topic. And I promised to answer all the questions that were in the Q&A form that I didn't get to in the podcast. And since there were so many of them, I'm going to do part one this week. And then Steph's going to join me next week because there were some questions pertaining to masculinity and he's way better qualified to, not not just qualified, way better embodied as a masculine man to answer those questions than I. So if you don't hear me answer your question today, it might be because I'm answering it next week. And if you couldn't join us for the call or you didn't register to get the recording, I highly encourage you to go grab it. It's only 20 bucks. Before we got to questions, Steph and I talked a lot about dating, relationships, and quite a bit about sex and orgasm and how to have a better sex life and better communication about sex. So I think you might enjoy a lot of what we shared and really benefit from the questions that we answered live. We had single people, married people, people dating, people looking for love, men, women, So even if every question applied to you, just like the podcast, you'll learn something from it. And when you buy the recording that we did on 11.11, you also get a guided meditation that I did in the call, but also a separate one that I did on sensuality, which is a body scan to help you connect to your body so you feel safe in your body and connect to the essence of who you are sexually and sensually, because you are a sensual and sexual being. It's part of the human experience and it's a part that a lot of us shame or repress or deny. And it's part of our life force. You know, our sexual energy is an important energy to tap into, to keep us alive and thriving. So if you want to go grab that replay, just go to christinehassler.com slash group coaching replays. And I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And speaking of Being alive and vital, one of my favorite things that keeps me feeling good is anything by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high quality ingredients. And I can vouch for this. I know one of the owners and founders, he's been on the podcast before. If you want to go listen to the interview with him, it was such a vulnerable, beautiful interview. His name is Drew Cannoli. So you can Google that. So I know firsthand that this is the, the real deal. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. They have all kinds of great products, like a green powder, a gold powder that's like this amazing turmeric tea, a chocolate gold, which is like this chocolatey, oh, it's just delicious. Their red blend, I mean, so many good stuff. The Organifi Green, for example, which is always what I take with me when I travel because I take the little packets 
pour it in water on the plane and make sure that I'm getting all my greens from really good sources. Their green juice has so many essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is great for the nervous system and is starting to show that it's great for immunity as well. It helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels. And Organifi Gold, my afternoon treat when it's not super hot in Austin because I like it hot, is this superfood tea that supports rest and relaxation so you can wake up feeling refreshed. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go. Mine is unsweetened coconut milk when I'm drinking it at home. And they don't compromise quality for taste. They're absolutely delicious. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to Organifi.com slash over it. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash over it and use code over it for 20% off any item in the store. Again, that's Organifi slash over it with the promo code over it for 20% off any item. I love all their stuff. My favorites. Well, I can't even say my favorites because I love them all, but maybe start with the green and maybe a little gold for your afternoon tea, greens in the morning, gold afternoon tea, but just go on the site, see what tickles your fancy. All right. Speaking of tickling your fancy, let's talk about sex, love, and relationships. So I'm just going to read the questions, not give any names that have come in in no particular order. And again, a reminder, I'm going to do part two with Steph next week. First question, I'm dating a newly divorced man and the connection is deep between us, but our sexual relationship has some blocks. Because of his recent marriage break and my hesitancy of offending him, what would be a tender way of addressing this? You know, as I'm reading this question, I'm thinking back to when I went through my divorce and the first person I was sexually intimate with after that, actually while the divorce was, it was done, but we were still in the paperwork of it. And I remember how I was happy to be with that person and was turned on and into it and all of those things, but I could still feel my ex-husband. It was like, because we were married and because I had been with him for a while it was hard to to shake the energy. So it can be confusing because you're with this new person that you're excited about, but yet there's kind of this ghost of the the old person and the old way of having sex because you get into a routine with with the person that you're with when you're in relationship. So I'm sharing that maybe just to give you some insight into what he may be struggling with. And it doesn't mean he necessarily wants to go back to his wife or he's not happy having sex with you. There's probably some part of his mind body that's just a little confused, especially if he was married for a very long time and was used to having sex with one person for that very long time. So I always feel like in addressing subjects like this, leading with our own vulnerability is the way to go. So really not even bringing up the divorce or not presuming to know anything, but just really leading with your own vulnerability, saying something like, I'm really enjoying getting to know you. I'm loving blah, blah, blah about you. You know, give him some, some compliments to really boost up his ego because we're all tender when it comes to anything, but especially sex because it's where a lot of us have some shame and some judgment. And so just vulnerably sharing how you're feeling. Because here's the thing, 
I don't, names aren't attached to this, so I can't call you by your name. I'm curious too about your hesitancy of offending him. Like what's that pattern? Is there a people pleasing pattern in you? Is there a part of you that often doesn't get your needs met because you're more worried about the other person's needs? And that's something for you to address and for you to look at and probably part of why this relationship has come into your life. So it's two parts here. It's addressing it, leading with vulnerability so that he doesn't feel shamed or like he's doing anything wrong. And then also knowing that speaking your truth and getting your needs met and not putting someone else's feelings above yours is an important pattern break for you. Now, I said on the call last night that so much, well, it wasn't last night when all of you were listening to this, I'm recording it the day after. What, what I said was we get physically naked with people before we get emotionally naked with them. And if we're having sex with someone and allowing that person to roll back, and if we're having sex with someone and getting physically naked and sexually vulnerable, then we, I hate to use the word should, but should be able to be emotionally vulnerable as well. Sex is a very intimate thing, especially as you grow in consciousness and you're more aware and you're not having sex in an unconscious way. And if there isn't the emotional intimacy and honesty there, of course you're going to experience blocks. So the short answer to the question is talk to him. And if he gets offended, that's his to work with. Next question. I recently caught my fiance of eight years cheating. After having a conversation with him, it turns out he's been hiring escorts to quote unquote, meet his needs. I've been open to him as to what I need in order to allow me to connect with him on a sexual level, but he never took me seriously. We are trying to work things out, but I'm not sure how to allow myself to connect on an emotional level going forward. Hmm. Are you sure you want to go forward? I mean, you caught him cheating. He's been hiring escorts. Sounds like there's some very deep issues and unresolved wounding here. And there's a lot for you to repair to be able to trust. And so I just, again, ask you, are you sure you want to go forward? If I were in that situation, I think I'd be out of there. And if I wasn't, I would be insisting upon my fiance getting help and counseling to deal with what sounds like maybe a bit of a sex addiction or at the very least using sex for validation and really not being able to connect emotionally. That's what happens with a lot of people. They can't be intimate emotionally, but we all have the the need to be intimate and not emotionally. We have the need to be vulnerable. We have the need to feel connected to people. And when people are stunted emotionally and can't be emotionally vulnerable, often they'll go out and, and have sex and be physically intimate with someone as a temporary way of getting needs met. So again, I just come back to you and say, really check in with your heart and your gut and your body and say, like, is this really the person for me? Is this really the relationship I want? Is this really someone I can trust moving forward? Next question. We, this is coming from a couple, are curious about how to navigate sexual drive peak times when one person wants to have sex in the morning and the other in the afternoon and how to navigate that once working from 
home ends. <laughs> well, it seems like just 11 o'clock is the solution. If one person likes the morning, one person likes the afternoon, you just split the difference. No, just kidding. So navigating each other's peak times, preferences, all of that is part of giving in a relationship. So in any sexual relationship, there's a balance of giving and receiving. And there are some times when we just want to receive and have the other person lead. And there are some times when we just want to give. And having a balance of that, of when we're really focused on pleasuring our partner versus when we're really focused on surrendering. And those two things can intertwine in, in one act of lovemaking. It doesn't mean that like, okay, this time I'm giving and this time I'm receiving. But having that balance is important. And why I'm saying this is because if you're the person that doesn't like to have sex in the morning, but your partner does, it's knowing that that's a turn on for them and going, you know what? I'm giving right now. It's not that you are having sex when you don't want to have sex. It's a reframe. It's more of this is when my partner's most turned on. And so like, I'm really giving. And maybe at the peak times you enjoy it, you're more in that receiving mode. And what I find so much in sexual relationships, it becomes a problem when each person gets fixated on how they need to have sex. That's usually a sign of an underlying issue because it's kind of an excuse. And I'm not saying you don't have different times a day where you're more horny. That's a real thing. But if you're kind of getting stuck on that, there's probably a deeper issue here of not really being connected in the way that you want to be connected right now. And so maybe you're reaching a phase in your relationship where you need to go deeper. You need to go deeper, get more emotionally raw with each other. Look at what you've swept under the rug for the past months, weeks, or years. Look at where certain needs aren't being met. Look at where you're not speaking your truth. Because in so many couples, sex becomes routine and sex becomes a thing to do rather than something that you're just called forward to do, that you just are compelled to do. It doesn't matter if it's 8 a.m. or 7 p.m. or any of those things. So I would encourage you, whoever's asking this, to look at, all right, like what, what do we brush under the rug? What do we need to talk about? What's the next level that our relationship wants to get to so we have more intimacy and our turn on is more about the person than the time of day? Next question. I'm in one of those it's complicated situation. Can you speak to the correlation between friendship and relationship, please? Well, that was all that was written for this question. So I'm going to try to fill in some of the blanks here. I imagine that maybe you're having a sexual relationship with a friend and you want to know the correlation between that and relationships. So I'll riff on that a little bit. And whoever wrote this question, maybe you want to send a little more information in and we can answer it in more detail in the next one. What I have noticed in my own life and in you know, all the years of coaching is that when two quote unquote friends are having sex, there's usually, not always, but usually one person that develops feelings. And that's the person that struggles the most because we try to convince ourselves that it's just friends with benefits. I can pull it off. It's no big deal. I don't need to be in a relationship with this person. 
But if this person is a friend and you really care about them and you're having sex with them, it's really hard not to develop feelings. So my encouragement for anyone in one of those it's complicated situations is to get clarity. When we are in a sexual relationship without clarity, yeah, sure, it can be fun and passionate at first, but eventually the hormones wear off, the heart starts to develop feelings, and you start to be confused about where you stand. You may even start to feel like you're being used after a while, and that's not a great feeling. So to anyone who's in an it's complicated situation, make it not complicated. (laughs) Get clarity. Do whatever you need to do to get clarity so that your sexual body can start to feel safe again. Next question. I want to understand why I've built up a wall. I almost feel like I do not feel any emotions. Well, that is so common for so many people because we felt big, scary feelings as children and no one was there to help us with them. No one was there to give us compassion. We were told, shut up, don't cry, be a good girl, be a big boy. And our emotions were just swallowed in so many ways. And so in order to protect ourselves from any more hurt or rejection or abuse or ridicule or abandonment, we build up a wall. It's like, it's not great to feel because when we have something like abuse or rejection or abandonment or any of those things, we feel all the feelings like shame and anger and sadness and grief and fear. But we also stop feeling the feelings of joy and love and connection and all of those because we had the experience of, whoa, I felt those feelings and then the shoe dropped. So it's not safe to feel those feelings. So we think it's not safe to feel the good feelings and it's scary to feel the bad feelings. So I'm just going to put up a wall and not feel any emotions at all. So my recommendation for whoever is asking this question is get some help. Start going to therapy, start talking to someone, maybe explore somatic therapy really work with someone that can hold the space for emotions to start to come up because you are a human being. You do have emotions, 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 energy in motion. We all have it. It's part of being a human. It's part of having an energetic body. So they're there. The wall is just for protection. So when you have that wall, you need a safe space to start to feel. And often that safe space is in a therapeutic container. Next question. I'm wondering how to relax and let go during sex with a partner when their sexual needs involve things that can feel painful or uncomfortable if you're not fully relaxed. However, it's difficult to relax my body when it almost tenses up expecting the same physical discomfort from the past. Okay. So again, if I were talking to you live, I'd ask some more questions here, but what mm, throws up a little bit of a red flag here is someone having sexual needs that involve things that are painful to you. You know, speaking for myself, if I wanted to do something that was painful to Steph, I wouldn't want to do it because part of sexual intimacy is wanting to give your partner pleasure, not pain, and really experiencing so much pleasure from their pleasure And so I'm asking you, whoever wrote this question, how safe do you feel in this relationship? And where else in your life are you compromising your own needs 
to appease someone else. Like, in other words, how is your people-pleasing pattern showing up here in sex? So if you've tried something with this person and no matter what, it's painful for you, then why keep doing it? And for someone to say, well, I need this, even if it hurts you, that doesn't feel like love and respect to me. So again, I invite you to think about, all right, is people pleasing a pattern in my life? And how is this showing up in my sex life? How can I really take charge of my own sexuality and my own sexual boundaries and be like, this doesn't feel good to me. I'm happy to do this, this, and this. I'm happy to explore different things with you, but this doesn't feel good to me. And if that's a deal breaker for the other person, I think you probably saved yourself a lot more pain in the future. And I don't just mean physical pain. Next question. And I don't know if this is from the same person or not, so I'll just consider it a different question. When dating, I find myself pretty authentic in the beginning and keep my heart open. But once the man and I get to the point of physical intimacy, my emotions turn off, I tune out of my body, and I get 100% in my head. I find myself just kind of waiting for the physical intimacy to be done, which often does not result in orgasm for me. Afterwards, I almost always feel less interested in the man and see it as a very objective thing that happened and can very easily walk away with the situation without any more feelings for the man. The only times the physical intimacy has kept me emotionally connected is if I'm very emotionally invested in the person, which often takes several months. So this sounds like there's been some abuse in your past, either sexual abuse, molestation, or physical abuse, or just times when you felt very scared to be in your body or had extreme body shaming in some way or another. So dissociation, you know, which often looks like leaving our body and going into our head because even though we're, we think we're still in our body because we're in our mind, when we're disconnected from our physical body, it is dissociating. And that's often a protective pattern that we learn if we've had any kind of abuse. So this person that's asking this question, if you have, or you even are suspicious you have, because a lot of times we don't remember it, I would encourage you to get some help working with that and to explore your own self-pleasure, you know, really getting comfortable in your own body. Cause that's another very healing thing for all of us, whether we've had abuse or not, especially women, you felt unsafe. You felt objectified at times, just like you said, whoever wrote this, you know, I see it as a very objective thing that happened. And so we, we just kind of dissociate from our body in general. So that's why self-pleasure, having a sensuality practice is really important because you're coming back to your own ownership of your own body. So those were the two things I'd suggest really look at what is this triggering inside of you? It's triggering something and work with that rather than trying to work with this present day problem. Because often we just go in a loop trying to fix the present day problem when we're not connecting it back to the past event that triggered it. And second, your own self-pleasure sensuality practice to really connect back with your own body and to notice what emotions come up when you do that so that you don't keep dissociating when it comes to intimacy. And our last question for this episode, any tips on meeting new men in the middle of the pandemic with so many restrictions going on? 
I love this question. And yes, and this is perfect because I was going to share on this podcast that we have opened the doors to our next Be the Queen program, the program that Steph and I teach together for single women calling in their epic conscious man. And this particular program's for single women calling in their epic man only because it's based on what I did to call in Steph. And I am a heterosexual woman, so it's based on that. But all the other programs like Mastering Inner Child, they're open to everyone. Be the Queen is a niche program for women who are doing the work, have done the work, are just great catches and really, really want sacred union, awesome relationship. Not just someone that ticks the boxes, but really someone that you can grow with and are frustrated and have tried different things and are sick of dating advice and just want to be in a safe container where you can learn things and be held in the journey to calling an epic love because it's a journey. It's a journey. There's a lot that happens in there. And so Be the Queen is the safe container that we teach live. It's not a bunch of recorded videos. We teach it live through Zoom. There's what we call love work, which is like homework and lots of curriculum, but not in an overwhelming way. And the sisterhood that happens in the program is really, really amazing as well. Because one of the things that we want to heal when we are calling in our king is any sister wounds, any misunderstandings that there's competition with other women, that there's not enough to go around, that other women don't support us, so on and so forth, because that's often a block. The next Be the Queen program begins mid-January. We're enrolling early now so that you can get a free bonus call with us and you can get my Get Over Your Breakup and On With Love course, which even if you haven't had a breakup recently, it helps you clear out your old baggage. And that's a $500 course. So you get that free as a bonus when you join us before December 14th. So go to christinehasser.com slash be the queen to apply. It's just a remarkable program. We've taken two groups of women through it. And so many of them are now in epic relationships. And those that aren't yet in epic relationships are enjoying dating more and are enjoying their partnership with themselves more. And the last one we taught launched in May when the pandemic and restrictions were in full gear and so many women fell in love and met men. So even though you might not like dating apps, so many people meet through apps and more amazing people, including amazing men, are on apps right now because there's less opportunity to go out and meet people. And I give tons of tips and be the queen that are pandemic friendly, but that would be my first tip. And on the dating app, be really clear about what you're looking for. So many people get frustrated on dating apps because they're like, I like beaches and tacos. No, be clear. I'm looking for a committed relationship. Like you don't have to be that black and white and that boring as I just was, but don't fart around. Be clear about what you're looking for on the profile because that will eliminate a lot of people and illuminate the people that really are a match for you. So have a different relationship to dating apps and come join us for Be The Queen, christinehasser.com slash be the queen. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed those questions and answers. Make sure to tune in next week where I'll be back answering more questions. Until then, I'm sending you so much love and many blessings. Bye, everybody.